Welcome to another edition of Mass Mats and Ma'am. I am your host, the Outlaw Ellie Red. You can find me on Twitter at JustinHarvey75. You can find the entire show on Twitter at MMMShow75. Joined again by the uh, money mark Byron Turk there. You can find him at Byron Fever and uh, the homeboy Casey at Lucha Gringo. Also on yo, Twitter. yo, yo, can you hear me? Whoa, there's like some super echo shit going on now. Echo 5000. I hear a pile of garbage. Is that an audio problem or is that Casey? That's your own fucking voice blowing back in your face, bitch. What I'm doing right now is I'm watching the latest NXT. I've already seen myself on it, which is pretty cool. Always. Uh, but right, uh, Ono, Cassius Ono, and Alistair Black is about to start. And I got to tell you, uh, this match was awesome to watch live. I might be distracted. <laughs> You're such a mark for yourself. Ooh, I'm eating, and it's delicious. West Canaan. Oh, shit! <laughs> okay, Byron's excited. They just did a close-up of me clapping and nodding towards Ono. That's like your second close-up this week, because you were all over um, Lucha Underground, too. Did you see yeah, yourself man. on Lucha a bunch of times? Yeah, well, I was I was in the... the the corner with all the other lunatics by the office. Yeah, Casey got kind of buried. I mean, he was right on the office door in that episode. It's Casey, cool. I see myself on TV a lot. I don't need to. Why you have a serious uh, echo going there, uh, Casey? Shit, I don't know, man. Just turn your volume down a little bit. I'll talk louder. There we go. There we go. Sweet. Oh, this is where Alistair rises up. Like, listen, Mister Mark, for yourself. Can we talk about Lucha Underground? Or are you just going to talk about NXT the whole time? Commentary. Just one match. Christ. Well, let's talk about Lucha Underground for a minute because this was the um, this was the All Marty is a Stalker episode, which I yeah. kind of like. Like. Marty the Creeper. They're taking it to it a whole was, other I would, level. I'd say it was my favorite Underground episode since the hiatus. Really? I like. I think I like last week's a little bit better, yeah. um, mostly because of the the Pentagonness. But yeah, yeah. Um, sucks. Byron's not a real Pentagon fan. Oh, um, no, I, I love Pentagon. But what I what I mean by it was my favorite is that. Is the though that it's not like any other wrestling show. It's a TV show that has wrestling. This is, they had a lot of character and story development, and it, they were extended scenes. They weren't like here's a quick snippet, and they had really solid transitions from one scene or one bit to the next bit. They had really awesome visuals, great lighting, like the Rabbit Tribe thing with uh, Masquerita was awesome. Like they really showcased what Lucha Underground does that other shows. Yeah, and I kind of I kind of like these episodes because of it. Like um, so far, the Cueto Cup has been great because I feel like we're getting that that real feel of Lucha Underground, and like the show is really hitting its stride. So I, I mean, some people are like, you know, kind of gotten out of the vibe of Lucha Underground, and I really hope if they're watching these episodes now that they're they're seeing that full potential again that I think a lot of people were really drawn to towards the end of the first season. I think that this is some of the best stuff that they have. 
And if you don't like this stuff, then shit, maybe it's not the show for you. But I'm I'm loving these last couple episodes since the Quato Cup has started. Wow, I, I give this episode a zero out of five, so maybe this isn't the show for me because Pentagon wasn't on this week and didn't win a match. So zero out of five. Well, how's it? It can't be in every week of a four bracket tournament. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you got to get. I mean, I'm guessing by this, he's not going to be back for another two weeks, right? Because you got Group C and D now, right? Well, I'm hope they're. I hope they're really happy uh, with three zero out of five episodes in a row. Then, yeah, but then, I mean, so, look, at least he won his first round, so you know he's going to be in the second round of Group A. Yeah. So you know you got at least a good Pentagon match coming up. You're not waiting endlessly for him to heal in you know Vamp's fuck dungeon or whatever was going on. <laughs> yeah, but you also like his his appearance last week wasn't just a quick uh like jobber match whatever first round you know like it wasn't a quick win like he got to showcase he got to have fun everyone in the crowd you know blew up for him but he got that dario in the office scene where he got to do some cool stuff but also like he said something that i don't think was made as big of a deal as it really was which is what he was gonna leave he was gonna leave ultima lucha tres as the lucha underground champion or he's gonna break Dario's bones, which means he's probably going to break Dario's bones. But either way, I'd be happy. Actually, I don't know. I don't know if I want to see him beat up Hefe. But I mean, so I guess I wanted to win the whole thing then, because I don't want to see him beat up Dario. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the last person who was running the temple that he tried to strong arm like that. um, Pardon the pun, uh, because he breaks arms. Um, You're terrible person was katrina and he uh she used teleportation to um and also mil Muertes to kind of circumnavigate that whole thing dario's gotta have some kind of magic right he doesn't know how to he has sex magic that's it yeah he has a little brother he's ashamed of yeah well if that was my little brother i don't think i would tell him i was ashamed of him anyway so we start this thing off marty the stalker it's it's his big moment to shine and I mean, look at how far Martin Cassius has come, like since or however you say his name, Casseus. Is that how you say it? Marty. His name. His name is Marty the Mar- Marty the Moth Martinez. Let's- Sorry, Case Fabe. I apologize. God. And his I wanna, sister, I wanna, cheerleader I wanna, Melissa. <laughs> I want to give uh, Luciano props for not taking Marty into the um, into a character straight out of like boiler room, which I think would be a little too on the nose. Maybe, but I mean, they're certainly pushing the silence of the lamb creep factor here. So the first yeah. scene we've got uh, Melissa and um, who is this masked luchador? So we get it right, Casey. Oh, oh, uh, what? <laughs> Was it Flamita? <laughs> no, no. I'm trying this to be like all the other podcasts. Door, I'm trying to be like all the other podcasts and and not know who the lu- mass luchadors are. You know, saltador is fucking great. It means jumper. We all call him checkers, even though it's really a chess pattern because chessman is already taken. Mm. We already recognize that. It's no, a checker pattern, though. I'm talking about the mass luchador that uh, Melissa was being very friendly with in the opening segment. Oh, is that right? Oh, um, I tried to block out M- Melissa's acting. I'm sorry. Uh, it was, yeah, Phoenix. Wow. Um, yeah, that was a fun segment. It wasn't painful to watch or anything. 
I didn't no, think it was that bad. There, it's there is that great Justin. You've held a camera before, you know. I'm sure you noticed the. I held a camera today. Um, yeah, um, there was at the beginning of the scene. There was this really great dolly shot as um, Melissa walked around the car. It's um, it's like that specific angle. It's like a like there's a hero shot where like you kind of look up a little bit, or if you want to diminish someone, you kind of point the camera down at them and make them look smaller. This one was pretty much they put a camera and pointed it straight at Melissa's ass as she walked around. Yeah, it was a Dana dolly on uh, C stands that weren't raised at all. It was a very very uh, appropriate angle, I think. It was good. Yeah, it was a very. Good shot. It was, Look, I think the moral of the story here is that Casey is more concerned with acting than booty. <laughs> I mean, Honestly, is there any priorities are all wrong, Casey. I, all I know is I watched it in double speed anyway, so oh. I barely know what happened. Phoenix had a sweet car, I think, like he did last season. I don't know if it was the same car. It was. It all happened so fast. It was sweet, and I think it's you know, just setting up the- that Marty is is creeping on Melissa. She's got other priorities. You know, we know that there's some other gentlemen in the temple that she's interested in. It's certainly not Marty, and uh, you know, and I'm not trying to be disgusting pig or anything by saying that Melissa is very attractive in in those scenes, and they use it to their advantage, and and it's working yeah. for the storyline. And there's reasons why Marty's creeping on her. I think a lot of other people out there probably creep on her in real life. I think it's probably a very on-the-nose storyline in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to yes, mention Yes, because uh, Marty started off as a wrestling fan trying to get in the temple, so it's the only it's only you know natural that he would be really fucking creepy towards the females, like a lot of wrestling fans are. Um, like yeah, legit um, when Melissa would first walk into the ring when taping started and she'd always be in the short dresses you know like the miniskirts or whatever and they would have someone have they would hold the ropes up for her and, and the crowd would cheer when she'd go through the ropes because yeah you know they put Lucha blog is right by the way Lucha blog is totally right. I kind of like listening to us on the podcast too, except now that I have that variable speed app for Google, I listen to like, or I'll watch uh, YouTube podcasts at double speed now. Cause I like listening to us. If I listen to us at all, because I usually am there, so I don't need to later, but um, for people who have trouble getting through this whole show, try listening to us on like speed and a half or double speed on a podcast or get the variable speed app for your Google Chrome and listen to it faster. Like, I can't listen to keeping it 100 on regular speed, especially when Conan gets really high and they start talking slow. But I love that show. You listen to it on like speed and a half or double speed. That show is great. <laughs> and MMA hours, say Jesus that Christ, that show's like five hours long. They're longer than we are. And I like to get that honestly, show Honestly, though, like if you can't get through our show, go fuck yourself. I don't care what speed you listen on. <laughs> Lucha yeah, Blog still gets through the show. He just likes to do it on podcast better is what he said. He doesn't like watching the uh, the video feed. But that's why we still have options. That's why we pay the hosting fees to do an audio version yeah. and a video version, a couple hundred yeah. each, you know. It's good. Some I'm people- sorry we give yeah, him but, I'm sorry we give what? him weird feelings about how handsome we are, especially with my fucking beautiful picture right here. 
<laughs> we um, don't need to blog when we have the Cubs fan in our live chat. Shout out to the Cubs fan. I would also say you don't have any excuse to not watch the live feed now that Casey turns his video off. There's really nothing that's repulsive about the show anymore. Well, I mean, not when my camera's on, at least. Um, but, you yeah, know, the other the other thing, though, that is fun, like if you are a podcast listener, you got to come check the show out live on YouTube at some point in time because the chat room, um, the chat room is starting to go off every now and then. Um, Byron is usually mm -hmm. kind of in there moderating because I have too many apparatus uh, going here to, to do that. But um, the chat room can be fun, too. So stop by the chat room if you watch the show live sometime if you're one of our podcast listeners so anyway moving on let's get into um Vinny Massaro versus Cage um yeah I was very impressed with Vinny in this match dude I was more impressed fucking live we got kind of muted the thunderous response for Vinny well I think they had to downplay it because I mean part of the joke of him on the show is that he's a little bit of a jobber um, no offense to Vinny. I think that's just part of the character, and it's also part of the appeal. And having the crowd pop as hard as we pop for Vinny sometimes was probably not appropriate. Well, I mean, there is that. And then, you know, that's part of, like, what, you know, Impact runs in the one arena every single week, and you have NXT in the one place every single week, and Lucha Underground has the same crowd every single time, and that's part of the, that's part of the drawback to having that same crowd over and over again because you're not getting the broad reaction sometimes you're getting like these guys are they you know they pick their own personal favorites not based on storyline or not based on things um, you know you get your hometown favorites and Vinny is definitely a, a temple favorite but he's not going to win the Lucha Underground Championship I thought it was awesome I was cheering my ass off for him and it was awesome I, I just mean, liked how just, stiff they worked. I mean, that roaring elbow was the probably the best one I've ever seen Vinny do. I mean, and I know yeah. he's laid it in stiff on some other guys before, but like it looked like him and Cage had a, a nice gentleman's agreement to go pretty stiff in that match with the apron bump and that massive snoring elbow and the STO that Vinny hit. Like they fucking went at it, and then the clubbing at the end with the gauntlet was mm -hmm. pretty fucking vicious. Yeah, um, the, uh, that bump off of the uh, the apron was pretty fucking brutal too, man. Jesus. Yeah. Well, yeah. the screwdriver, the standard screwdriver was also, you know, that was also really effective looking too. I, it's I just mean, good Vinny, work all around. I, I just yeah. I thought Vin bumped great for Cage, and I thought Cage actually bumped really good for him. I was very. Mm -hmm. It was a nice stiff match, uh, and and the after after match finish, Vinny sold it perfectly, man. I would. Uh, if I were the Lucha Underground gods, I would use Vinny more, even if it's in these kind of matches where he's not winning, even mm -hmm. if the joke is he never wins. Like, if you let him get off five or six minutes like that every time, Jesus, he'll be fucking over, even if he never yeah. wins. Yeah, and I, I just I just want to reiterate the thunderous Vinny's going to kill you chant that was actually going on before the match uh, <laughs> that didn't make it across on TV. It was actually pretty fucking loud, and me and Byron started it. So. In the wide shot, yeah. No, Cage looked very confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, cut that out, I think. But I don't think we knew like that this was coming out of a Cage murder scene either. It doesn't exactly yeah, make true. sense for the crowd to be screaming, Vinny's going to kill you after last week we see Cage fucking murder renegade <laughs> that I mean, wouldn't make a whole lot of sense head. Ah. Head like but 
Um, it also, it's one thing that you got to give Vinny props for, and also just the way that the match is put together, is it made Cage look better when Vinny was able to get some offense in. Like, it just made the match better. Because there's no way that Vinny is going to lose. There's almost no way it should be a competitive match. But Vinny was able to showcase his talent. And he was able to do some offense that was unique and interesting throughout an awesome SDO. And but, I mean, this sets Vinny up maybe for some wins, too. Because yeah. him holding his own like that with Cage um, was great. Now, I want to bring something up, though. Didn't Delgado tell Cage that you're never going to be able to take this off when he put on the gauntlet? Because I'm pretty sure he had it off during the match. Well, you don't want to get disqualified. <laughs> well, is he possessed by a god or not? Is the gauntlet, like, stuck on it? Like, I mean, I get it. Maybe he can't wrestle with the fucking is, prosthetic. Is Drago's face a mask or not, Justin? It is not a mask. Well, that's not what they said in season one. So, but but we're talking revisionist history from last week. Yeah. Hey, look, man. Marvel fucking retcon stuff from like a month ago. It's it, it's all right. Like, how about how about this? The the um the god has not fully taken over Cage. He's so got to wear. He's thinking metaphorically of like you're not going to be able to take this off. Like you're going to want to keep it on. Like, is that what we're saying oh. here? We're speaking of metaphors now. The guy in the limo fucking took it off to give it to Cage, so you can take it off. I'm just trying to figure out what DJ and Roach are doing with this thing. I mean, Whoa, it, feels, it feels like a, a Roach a Roach thing. I feel like Vinny should have got the glove and punched him in the dick with the glove, and then he would have advanced in the tournament. That's really all I have to say about it. Yeah, if it's just lying on the ringside, can somebody else just grab the glove and then they're possessed by the god? Vinny? Uh, Mm, I don't know if you get to be possessed. He could have got possessed, dude. He didn't put it all the way on. He only had it in his hand, you know? Like, he didn't actually put his hand inside of it. You gotta put your hand inside it. You gotta penetrate it. Okay, so here's my other question. that Vinny could eat if he was possessed by a powerful god? I don't know. The god might get pissed at him getting, like, pizza sauce and cheese and shit all over the glove. Jesus. All right, so, okay, here's my other question about this. Now... Original limo guy with the cigar. Is that Dr. Claw? And was he in and out of the glove? And then he got rid of the glove so that he could free himself up? Like, do we think that the limo guy is the same guy the whole time? Or are we talking about two different limo guys? I have an idea. I think that they were... God they damn were, it. Is that NXT guy, in the background, Byron? It's loud as shit. Is it too loud? Sorry. It's, it's hero versus... Um, <laughs> His name is Cassius Ono, Jesus Christ. And people get a little jacked up for that shit. Um, I think they were talking to the god in a limo, and I think when we talk about limo guy, we're just we're referring to the vessel. A god needs a god, god needs not, a god does not need such things as a cigar. It was clearly Arnold Schwarzenegger, but they couldn't get him to appear, so now there's no limo guy, and and we're just we're just waiting, spinning, spinning wheels. We're never going to see the limo guy. The gloves have been passed on. It doesn't matter anymore. It might as well have been fucking Sid himself. It might still have was to be Okada. I heard it was Okada. No, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes is tweeting about beer and cigars after his New Japan matches. Limo guy has a cigar. 
Can I, can I be a though. dick and say that I don't give a shit about Cody Rhodes? That would be a I very like big thing to say. Cody Rhodes is the next big thing since he was the last big thing. <laughs> All right, like his brother. Do He's doing his thing. Just let him do his thing. Um, okay, just so ask me what in Marvel Redcon? Fucking everything, dude. God, I don't have all night. Okay, so we'll, it, it, we'll have to do a whole episode on that. So let me ask you about the this week's Ray versus Johnny fight style prom, promo with the voice, Michael Chavello, the big kibosh. Yes, no, maybe so. What do you think? I thought it was great. I liked it more than the last one because it showed them in their element more. But I think also I've been getting used to it. I thought it was phenomenal. Well, Chavello also didn't do as big a read on this, and I thought it was better. And I like it for the big fight feel. And I like the fact that they're just kind of incorporating still, you know, Taya standing there with her camera and some of their, you know, her making her documentary and stuff, kind of cutting it in there like it was somebody on his fight team, you know, and they use some of their footage, which happens all the time now, for real. I, mm. I liked it. I mean, being an MMA fan that watches a ton of MMA, I thought it was very cool to see lucha underground just trying something new like a new way of presenting a little bit of the show um and the fact that they're not just settling into the storytelling format that they've already developed and that they're still branching out and trying new things and that's that's one of the things that i really liked about it and and i'm a chavello fan so i hear that and it gives me a big fight feel every time i hear his voice doing a package Honestly, first, I thought they were rerunning the thing from last week that I didn't like. Um, so I skipped it, and then I heard people say it was different, and I felt kind of bad, but I couldn't go back because I was at, like, work and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was the same segment. I'm sorry. Uh, I wasn't into it last week. Well, I thought it was pretty good this week. Um, I, I'm wondering how ready Johnny Mundo is going to be for Ray when he's just beating up Ricky Mandel. Over and over did again. You see that fucking caning or whatever he did to fucking Ricky Mundos? That was great. I popped so hard for that. Casey, that alone is the reason why you should go back and watch it. It's fucking amazing. Well, shit, I still have it on my DVR. I can do that. Dude, Ricky Mundos gets the big kibosh. That's what happened in that segment. Yeah. All right. It was a good match. Creeper Marty versus Saltador. Um, Good match, great match. Of course, Marty did his creepy Melissa thing at the beginning, and um, Stryker's comment when uh, Saltador came in with the TVM DNA rating was solid. I popped for that. It was a weird match, though. Like Saltador doing all this creeping and sliding in and out of the ropes and stuff. It was a really cool style, but it was so different that I didn't know what to make of it at first. And then the weird looks between Marty and Melissa. Um, but then Saltador, the, the, the super kick almost ended Marty's face for all time. was amazing. That's probably my favorite super kick uh, of the last few months. Though I haven't watched that many Young Bucks matches recently. So <laughs> That's funny because every indie match has a billion super kicks. Yeah, but I'm talking good ones. I mean, that one was like, it wasn't overdone. You weren't expecting it. It's not some Saltador spot. It was just like a really good, well-timed, right on the chin, nice slap of the leg. Like the whole thing was pitch perfect, and it looked like it ended Marty's face. And he, yeah. was, he was slapping his leg to wake it back up, not to make the sound. Right. That's what I meant completely. Totally what I meant. <laughs> 
Casey's uh, gonna kill me uh, if I break kayfabe one more time tonight. I think. No, it's <laughs> it's cool, man. Because I'm about to break it really bad. No, I'm not. Oh, Why? No. Why? Uh, there, there's just something that I think they're doing storyline-wise that is going to piss off a lot of people. And i got to shoot on it a little bit, but uh, I'll, I'll talk about it when we get there. Okay, so we're not there yet? So, I don't know. Did we get to Creepy Marty picture thing? That's Not that's, yet, no. Yeah. yeah. That was cool. We'll get there. So, um, Paul London, you can lead the uh, Rabbit Tribe to Valhalla segment with uh, Masquerita. Thoughts? Thoughts? Yes. Oh, God. If El Bunny ends up being... Mascara Sagrada, everyone's just gonna be so mad. Especially when there's like twenty different people that play that wrestler and I don't even know which one they could get right now. <laughs> so you you think it's gonna be Mascara Sagrada? No, big, I think it's big gonna be Kevin Cross. <laughs> I think it's gonna be Kevin Cross. I but you know, I, I think I've said that before. Uh you don't I think Kevin Cross is too vicious to be part of the Rabbit Tribe at this point? I just don't see Kevin Cross wearing like bunny ears and hopping around a ring. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't have to, dude. He can just symbolically be the rabbit, you know? Like, there's more than one way to be a rabbit. Like, you can be like hippity hop, hippity hop, or you could. Um, can you really see Cross doing that? He would be all like, I'm the fucking bunny! I'm the bunny! Fuck you, I'm the I bunny! Could, I could see like. Five blood vessels just pulsating in his forehead. I, I, as I someone would buy tells a him, you need to hop around. If the they sold a the shirt, that said, they sold a "fuck you, I'm the bunny" shirt. I'd buy it, dude. Like that's amazing. I don't know. Isn't Cross out in California this weekend? Um, I think he's wrestling in California this weekend. So, anybody, everybody, go to Cross's Facebook and see where he's at. Yeah. That motherfucker is still turning a corner, man. He's just getting meaner and meaner every day like i don't know if it's yeah. going to his head or if he's just still that pissed or whatever but he's like he's advertising that at whatever match he's wrestling next he's gonna fucking shoot on some shit so watch well, him on social media go to his match and find out what's going on because it sounds like kevin has fucking flipped his lid again and he's just shooting on shit all over the place now <laughs> Yeah, you know oh. what? There's people call it being mean. No, it's just doing what needs to be done. To, this isn't a team fucking sport, man. Well, that's a good point. You know, he's he's got the the kind of wind underneath his wings with AAA now, and I think he's got his solid Lucha Underground contract in place. Even compared, though we don't know what the fuck he's doing, but Kevin Cross to bet Midler, dude, he's going to duplex you so hard. Shut up, man! Don't get me killed. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I think the dude, like, now that he's got a little bit of security and he likes some of the stuff that he's doing, he's just going fucking ham on everything else. I mean, I think he's got a couple of years where he's at right now, so he's just ready to fucking yeah. unleash. And if he moves up from there, great. And if not, he'll probably go make some money doing something else or he'll go to MMA or some shit. Who knows? Let's put it this way. When you're a professional at the level of Kevin Cross, when you're an athlete of that level, and when you're a fucking monster like him. You don't have time to fuck around with bullshit. Just you Truth. don't. <laughs> well, he's like a like a shark that's had with blood in the water. You know, like now that he's been beating people up on a global scale, he's only getting hungrier and hungrier for more blood. You know, and basically, is that what it is? It's fucking you know. bloodlust, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it's like the meme with the shark. You know, I'm a shark. I'm a shark. I'm a shark. Suck my dick. I don't know if that. Uh, I hate memes. I mean, 
It's just the dude choke slammed popcorn out of Tejano Tejano's eyeballs. I mean, yeah, that was why wouldn't you keep trying to do that to people? I don't What's think wrong he, with that. I don't. He's not going to stop trying to hurt everyone that he sees until someone is able to actually stop him. I really did watch the popcorn thing on slow mo. It was pretty fucking good. <laughs> uh, the people in the chat want to know if they think if we think uh, Cage cranks one out while wearing the gauntlet, and I think yes. And they actually didn't ask that. I just wanted to say it uh, because they were talking about the gauntlet. Um, Look, if you have machine dick, that gauntlet's not going to hurt anything. That's true. It probably it's got a chafe. It's got a chafe. So are you even saying, on machine dick. I don't know, dude. Because like you see, RoboCop like clearly no genitals. Like he didn't have like a little pop out dick like the thing the middle finger blade. I hope. No, when he eats baby food, RoboCop's not a fucking man no, or we know, machine. We know RoboCop's he, a bitch compared to Cage. We know that Cage has genitals though because they have to get photoshopped out of his singlet when. Yeah. Look, you are the only one that notices that shit too. So I've seen Cage yeah. wrestle maybe twenty-five fucking times in person. I've never once noticed this man's mushroom tip outline. And Byron's like, every time his fucking junk's in my face, blah blah. I'm like, well, you are the one looking at this fucking package. You know what, Byron? He wasn't at yeah. Bola, first of all, and second, I he think wasn't. having to Photoshop that shit is uh, what made Yoni reevaluate his life. <laughs> that's what that Yoni. I'm so sorry. Please come back. That's not why Yoni left. I understand. Do people out there know who Yoni is? Do we need to explain who Yoni is? No, I think it's better that we don't. Okay, that's fine. Yoni's the man, though. I got much love for Yoni. I miss Yoni. Yeah, man. Yes. All right. So, okay, this is the next segment. Is your segment the Marty and Melissa forever? Creepy Silence of the Lambs, Underground Lair, um, and Cheerleader Mariposa. Can I call her that? Yeah, sure. She might cheerlead in the mask. <laughs> anyway, uh, she's all up in Marty's face about how his lust for Melissa has made her weak. He's got the fucking creepy cutout photos everywhere, like half the Lucha Underground fans. Um, and, and then Marty says to me, one of the creepiest things ever, do you remember, sister, when we used to play? Yeah. And she slaps the taste out of his mouth, but I'm still like, do I want to remember when Marty used to play with his sister? I don't feel like I do. And I also don't really want to know where he's hiding that last photo of Melissa Santos. You know, this is what I wanted to talk about because every time like, it gets out that Somebody tried to do an incest angle in wrestling. It gets shit on pretty bad. And everyone's like, oh, I'm glad they didn't do that because I never would have watched the fucking show again. So uh, I I am on a message board that, you know, talks about Lucha Underground a lot. And that's the sentiment again. So I really hope the show doesn't go there because I don't care if they think it's groundbreaking or whatever. It's fucking low rent and gross. And it's just going to turn off more of the audience like it's it's not good to do that so like i really hope it doesn't go there all right so you're byron you're feeding back by the way which is why i muted you i don't um, know how i'm feeding back i don't know when when me and case you're talking we're you're feeding back through your computer anyway listen marty and melissa oh crackle crackle pop crackle you got a short in your headphone somewhere i think how am I? Oh, I wonder if my cat chewed on this cord. He's got a short. 
he's got a short dick as well. Um. Anyway. So you don't want there to be an incest angle. I have a feeling that the implication of it, we're still, there's still an echo coming from your end, Myron. I have a feeling that no matter what, um, they're not going to completely go there. I think this is the farthest you're going to get from them. Yeah, I hope so, because people are preemptively shitting on it right now. Like, it's not something that you might see on Twitter, but I see it on message boards. And these are people that have been watching from the beginning. I think it's implied, though. I do think they're implying it. I I think think DJ is implied. I kind of like, I don't want it to go further than that, though. You know what I mean? I mean, look. We've talked about this before. Clearly, one of the writers is a little bit of a fetishist. I mean, we had the creepy wax-burning fuck dungeon thing with Pentagon and Vampiro last season. We had Masquerita shit his pants in the match uh, this week. A little poopy pants. I mean, look, and that's okay. I think we're doing adult programming here. I mean, shit, you watched Blood Drive. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Yeah. they didn't put up an uncensored one this week. They did not, or they did? They didn't, not yet. I'm, I'm kind of waiting for that, so I haven't seen week two yet. Oh, has it been? So it's just the uh, the DVR, whatever version the, that's censored? Last week, I saw both. And USA, actually, after Raw, re-ran the uncensored version, which I was shocked that they ran wow. the uncensored version of Blood Drive after Raw. But I guess that was in the 11 o'clock hour, so they are like, fuck it. But, man, there's got to be some parents pissed that kids watch that shit after Raw. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that show that shows like a trauma movie on TV. It's great. I mean, it might be worse than some trauma movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some uh, of it. Some of it. Like, maybe not sexually, but the violence and stuff and the F words. Like, there's probably more F bombs in that one episode of Blood Drive than there is in a whole trauma movie. I mean, the title of the episode has fuck in it. It's called fucking cop. It's the fucking cop. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And no, and, and he actually is a fucking cop. It's amazing. It's great. It's great. It's a great show. It's fucking genius. And I love sci-fi and USA and everybody at NBC Universal for making it. Thank you. And keep it coming. Um, so you, you think this angle's bad, Byron? Are you still there? Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. I unplugged my headphones. Okay, let's see if there's feedback this way. It's actually actually better this way, I think. I'm not hearing any echo now. Yeah, the headphone. How do the headphones make it worse? Your headphones are fucked. I don't know. Well, we apologize to everyone for the technical difficulty. Because my cat chews up the whole. I might have bought an off-brand replacement cord. All right, so is Marty fucking his sister, Byron? So, I mean, I think that I thought the incest thing was a little too on the nose i think there's still a little room for interpretation i enjoyed that it was an extended scene room, room for interpretation mm-hmm. like what do well, you think they're, they're playing shoot the ladders? They're talking about they're talking about but maybe uh, they're talking about what's going to happen they, they if they kidnapping fight. people they're talking about they're talking gonna, about pogs like playing pogs they're maybe. talking about what's going to happen if they end up fighting in the next round and Mariposa says, I'm going to beat you up. And then Marty says, remember how, what used to happen, whatever, when we used to you play. Know what I just realized. So I wonder though, if, I mean, I think that it's the, it, the doors open a little bit 
for you know maybe they used to fight or something whatever non-sexual they played dogs, I don't know. which is why they want if the medallions, fighting, right? If I was going to fight someone, <laughs> I wouldn't say, remember when we used to have sex. That medallion would him. be, like, the best pog slammer. Like, <laughs> I like Casey's theory. You fucking flip the whole stack over with one of those medallions, man. <laughs> it, yeah, dude. I, it, I, I've solved the show. I've solved the show. All right, so if Mariposa wins her match coming up against Phoenix, then Marty and Mariposa are going to have to face each other, and she seems kind of happy about that. Um, but that's not the next match, because the next match is brilliant. It's an all-time Lucha Underground classic. Pindar versus Masquerita. Pindar versus his zipper. Well, no, that I think that match <laughs> already happened three times. Masquerita versus his own colon. Poopy pants. Yeah. What that, happened that there? Was, um, well, uh, Pindar hit him so hard he shit himself. Uh, <laughs> look, man, sometimes you eat at Mariachi Loco's restaurant before you go to the <laughs> ring. And sometimes stuff happens to your guts. And you know that, you know, you don't want to go in the bathrooms there. It's that you've seen that bathroom. You don't want <laughs> Vinny eating pizza, watching you take a shit. And, so and who knows just what keep yourself in the ring. Now, and you know, if you see a little person like Masquerita going to the bathroom and you're and you got a slice of pizza, you're going to eat the pizza watching him take a shit because it's hilarious. And, you know, like we can't blame Vinny for that. And that's probably why he hangs in the bathroom the whole time. He's just waiting for Ma Masquerita to come in and pinch a loaf. And he's like, no, nah, dude, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go out and wrestle my match and then I'm going to go home and take a shit. But no, that didn't work because uh, Pindar, that that fucking zipper moving sleeve stack just Nick kicked dry. him in the guts so hard that he sprayed, I guess. And uh, a very mm. unfortunate time to have white pants because you zipper loving sleeve stack. Sorry. Yeah. I, <laughs> I should change the name of this episode to zipper loving sleeve stack. Yes. Yes, we should. And, uh, man. Yeah. I, whatever happened to Masquerita, it looked, it looked worse than when uh, Maria Menounos had the skid mark at her WrestleMania match. Oh, that was great, though. Um, but okay, so but here's the thing: Masquerita actually had some good offense. And yeah. Again, Steve Payne shows once again he's I'm Pindar shows once again he <laughs> is the most phenomenal base. I God, Casey's gonna kick me off my own show pretty soon. I just saw I just saw uh, a gif from this match where Masquerita's just walking by Cobra Moon, minding his own business, and then just open palm slaps her out of nowhere. I also saw I also saw someone tweet how much they liked it, and Thunder Rosa replied with the uh, Star Lord giving the crank up middle finger gif. <laughs> so I, I don't think it was fun for her. But, okay, here's yeah. the thing I got to say about Miss um, Cobra Moon, a.k.a. Thunder Rosa. I hated the idea of her as a valet manager at first or whatever, but she is completely coming into her own with that, barking the orders at the side, doing like the full Jimmy Hart at this point. Like, she has that shit down. She's a really good fucking manager. I don't want her to be because I think she's a great in-ring performer, but she's like killing it on the management side. 
Yeah. Or the having a stable side or having leading this stable reptile tribe, whatever you want to say. Like, I was super duper mad at it at first. I really was. And we were seeing all these matches and she was coming to ringside. I was like, that's fucking bullshit. Why isn't she just wrestling? It's great, though. I'm really mad at DJ because maybe he was right here. Maybe he knew something that I didn't know. What do you guys think? Is she fitting into this role or would you rather see her back in the ring? I, I would rather see her use actual poisonous snakes on people like the time Macho Man got bit by the cobra because that shit was dope. And that like there were a lot of little kids that lived around me that watch wrestling. And, you know, like I was like 11 or 12 at the time. Right. But they're like, you know, like eight, nine. And they had fucking nightmares from that shit. We need more shit that gives people nightmares in wrestling. And uh, someone said that this Marty segment earlier gave them nightmares and they needed 10 showers. And it's like, dude, I've seen Cannibal Holocaust. You're going to need to work harder than that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, yeah, dude, I want to see actual cobras biting people. That was a real cobra devenomized with real fangs biting in the macho man's arm. You, but you, you don't think that the gimmick's too Jake the Snake if they start actually bringing real snakes to the ring? No, I don't, but I also uh, I also think it, that a lot Not of Not that gimmick is sacred at this point in time. I mean, come on, everybody, like, it's encouraged for people to steal wrestlers' gimmicks from 10 years ago now. Not even, not even going back in time 20 or 30 years anymore. Like, dudes who were hot in the, the mid-late 2000s, you're supposed to steal their fucking gimmicks now. It's you know, weird. I think... I think with animal rights stuff, it's better we don't use actual snakes. But I want to see Cobra Moon bite someone and have the bite be poisonous. Yeah, that would that's be what hot. I want. I would be. I would volunteer. Actual, <laughs> actual bite, and uh, and then the person dies, and uh, just so people know not to fuck with Cobra Moon, because I think right now they don't know not to fuck with Cobra Moon. Because, like, right now they'll be like, oh, you know, I'm little masquerita. I'm shitting my pants and slapping people, probably rubbing my hand in it first. No, no. If if she was, like, biting people with poison, he wouldn't have slapped her because she would have grabbed his hand and bit his hand, and then he would have died from poison. They can have that one for free, Justin. All right. So, Cobra Moon character, sexy or not sexy? Because I saw... A few comments that said that the character wasn't sexy, and I don't know if I entirely agree with that. Are they saying that because they're scared, though? Like, if they're scared and they're saying that, then it's a good thing, right? Okay. Right, like... Because she's too intimidating? Yeah, they're they're freaked out, man. So some guys just don't like a powerful, strong leader, a woman in leadership position, a, a queen, so to speak, a Khaleesi. I mean, she's got a dragon, so we have to call her a Khaleesi, right? Maybe they think that it's like Clash of the Titans and that she has, like, snake parts. Okay, I, that would not be a turn-on. That would definitely be a little bit of a turn-off. I'd have to agree with that. Byron, you're a pervert. Uh, I'm not a <laughs> pervert. There wasn't a question she, there. That was a total thing for Tom. So some, yeah, like you said, some people are intimidated by that. But I mean, uh, I think does it work or does it not work? Does it need some tweaking? Like, is there is there like a word for furries that like snake people? Like, are they like scalies or something? I mean, the thing with Cobra Moon not wrestling is she's trying. She right now the storyline is focused on Drago, so Drago is the one who really wrestles, and she tries to control him. 
So Which, I would look, imagine I mean, Drago some, is a better wrestler. I, I, I think that she's a great wrestler, but I don't think that she's better than Drago. Like if that's going to be the storyline, certainly of that whole stable, even Steve Payne included, yeah. uh, Dra- Drago's the, the Drago's the star wrestler of the whole troop. There's, there's I think, no shame I think in saying that. Oh, without question. What we're, I think we're, we're building to, like, she's, Drago's coming in. He's going to do the thing with, with her guys for a while. Um, we'll get to know, her, like, you know, the reptile tribe. You think he's going to break those chains and uh, go and, Dracarys on her one of these days and, and burn I, her I ass? Think, well, I think we, just. We don't know what, what any of these references mean, Justin. They're Game of Thrones references. Come on. Season one, I just finished. Got, got. Come on. Uh, a while ago, I finished season one. Um, it's just like logically, logically, you're looking at this is building to a match between Drago and Cobra Moon. You think so? I mean, just to kind of like, I think that's where this, that's where this is going as far as like, that's where, that's the, the quick and easy road. I can't Maybe they'll make a bunch of left turns or whatever. Right thing, land. You know, I think that's where they're going. And so basically, Cobra Moon doesn't wrestle because she has Drago do it for her. As for and this is a character and storyline based show. Like if you go to a, an indie show or or something that is just a live show instead of a TV show with wrestling, Cobra Moon's on it. You want to see her wrestle. You don't want to see her show up to your indie show as a manager. No, but God, it makes no, sense no. in this in this storyline on Lucha Underground. I mean, right she could now. show up with her entourage, but she should also be wrestling. Yeah, if she's at an indie, well, but you're also paying her differently too. It's not it's not the same thing. She's got to sell the event and not the storyline. All right, yeah. Mariposa Phoenix, Triple Crown Champion, former Triple Crown winner, whatever Phoenix, um, being a very much the gentleman at the beginning of this match, which is a mistake because mm. Mariposa will fucking murder your face. Um, she is a fabulous, excellent wrestler who is qualified to train other wrestlers to be great. Um, and this match is exactly to me why women and men wrestling is in fact a good thing. They both look fantastic here. Phoenix knew exactly what to do to make her look good. She had enough go to make all of his shit look good. Um, and she's not great at running the ropes either. Like she's got, she's a little web footed. She has a little, a little weird step to her, to her run and everything. And they knew exactly what to do with each other to make both uh, of them look good. Um, what did you guys think? Uh, it was a good match. They gave him plenty of time too, which um, makes me really hopeful for that fucking kill shot uh, Sammy Callahan match that's coming up, getting the time that it needs. Well, I hope so because that match really deserves it. Those two guys are on another level and uh, are taking it into the stratosphere and people should be watching them in general wherever they show up. I kind of like how this showcase Phoenix is a gentleman that's like, I don't want to just absolutely nuke somebody, but then he's kind of gets his ass kicked a bit and he's like, Oh, fuck it. Oh yeah. When he hits it. that drop kick, like the picture perfect drop kick of all yeah. time. 
yeah, which yeah. was amazing. He was like, okay, you want to do that? Then fine, it's time to go. And that was the move that he did it with. It was a nice spot. I mean, he was well up over the top rope when he hit that drop kick. Yeah, yeah, that was fucking cool, man. He's better than Bob Holly, and that's that's heavy praise for a drop kick. It really was. It was up there with Bob Holly's best drop kicks ever. I would agree with that. Like, and, and honestly, yeah, probably better. I mean, Bob was super like, consistent, but, you know, still pretty amazing. What were you going to say, Byron? I also like how he, he won with the fire driver or Phoenix driver, whatever they call it. No, and, that was sick, like, yeah. He, he reversed a move and hate it, you know, so it's still competitive. And it looked good. And also, like, that's a strong finish, like. They could have done a different finish for him. Well, I like I like the, the sunset flip power bomb thing that Mariposa did leading into it. That was totally great. Good. Red. And then the Phoenix driver was like, "Oh my gosh, she did. She done died." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I like the Marty run into since Phoenix is the opponent now, and Mariposa was talking shit. I kind of like where they're going. The whole setup for the deal um, it was a good out, and it was you know the Marty is a creeper episode. Marty got. I mean, the whole episode was really dedicated to Marty, I, which I yeah. kind of dig. And I have no problem with it. And everybody, you know, some other people got their time. Ray and Johnny got their time in their promo and whatnot. So all around, um, I thought it was a super solid, exciting, fun episode of Lucha Underground. Mm. It's mm. good one of us feels that way. Mm. I thought it was good. Marty's really great, and they're they're capitalizing on that ability of his. To oh, oh, act. wait! Did you say Marty was great? Uh, did you say episode dedicated to Marty? Because uh, there's another Marty that's great, you guys, and we gotta talk about this for a second. That's Marty Elias, referee yeah. extraordinaire. Yeah. And you know what show he's on, Justin? Um. That'd be comes out tomorrow. L O W Glow. There's and gonna be a promo this week that looked really fucking badass. Well, dude, it starts tomorrow. Uh, Byron might be able to watch it right now because it's past midnight for him. Yeah, Ooh, I have to wake up um, too. Yeah, uh, Glow drops tomorrow, getting incredible reviews by a lot of people that have seen it. Yeah, and go back and listen to our episode with Marty because he's got some fun little tidbits about making that show. If you, um, as you're hearing it, and we'll we'll uh, we'll run the link to it again. That's one of our most popular episodes. Marty talks about when he was filming that and some of the stuff that was going on with it. Um, and big props to Marty. And Marty, by the way, if you're listening, thank you very much for the the Father's Day wishes. Appreciate it. Oh, um, that's so awesome, dude. That's cool. Yeah, Marty. Marty, solid people, man. Yeah, he sent me yeah. a couple of the links to the promos for the show too. He's really excited about it. Like, um, you know, and if we had any clue what our fucking schedule was, I would have tried to have him on for a few minutes today, but I just didn't even know we were going to get to the show today. Well, um, whenever our next episode is, we can review some of it. Like, uh, cause you know, it's Netflix. They put the whole series up at once so yeah, people can yeah. binge it. But what, you know, we'll give our impressions of however many episodes we saw. Um, I also quickly want to, while we're still on wrestling, um, uh, hit the fire pro news that the game comes out on early access on steam 20 bucks on july 10th uh so fucking get it if you have a pc that uh is within the last few years old it should probably run it and uh then we can all play it together uh because they said the online should be working right away for one-on-one -on -one matches so far oh it's time man it's time i might have to fire up the old pc we'll see When's it? Um, it should come out on Mac too. 
No, that's not how things work, dude. If ever. You, that's not no. how things have ever worked, Byron. I have. That's why I have PCs and Macs. Still, I think I think Mac thing. just got um, the first Doom. Finally, oh, <laughs> like I think that's the that's the new Mac game that everyone's talking about. Wolfenstein game, 3D. Wolfenstein, um, <laughs> not even Doom. Wolfenstein. Um, Who doesn't right. want to shoot the Nazis? So before before we leave wrestling altogether, because there's definitely some MMA shit I want to talk about, I do have to talk about Money in the Bank. Um, what the ever living fuck? They really messed up. Why the fuck would you take away the opportunity for one of those women to have that camera shot? Even if you're going to have Ellsworth cheat and help her win, totally fine. Even if you're going to call it back and redo the match again so you can get the ratings out of it, also totally fine. Just don't have Ellsworth be the one to climb the ladder and pull it off the hook. That's the uh-huh. only part of the entire idea that they had to change. Even if he went in there, boosted her up on his shoulders to grab it. Even if he fucking kicked Charlotte in the mouth or something, whatever. Everything else about the booking is fine. But having the highlight be his fucking monkey ass, slack jaw chin motherfucker climbing the ring and being a man in the first women's money in the bank match sets women's wrestling back the three or four years they just spent building it up. Like how stupid are you? And it's not about fucking gender equality. Like, look at your fucking checkbook, Vince. Who the fuck is in at least 35% of those seats? You don't piss off the people that are spending the fucking money. Women watch wrestling. Now women were interested Uh in that match. And it's like, yeah. dude, it's not like you had fucking 205 live, right? And have fucking uh, Braun Strowman help someone win the 205 title. It's the same thing. It's the same fucking principle. Yeah. That, and they shouldn't have done it here. But, dude, I don't know how a company that I don't watch keeps pissing me off with their booking decisions. <laughs> not only did they do that, they had fucking Baron Corbin win the other one, and then they broke up Enzo and Cass. Seriously? Yeah. All in did the course of a week, money? man. It was funny. They broke up Enzo and Cass and they did this whole big thing uh, at the end of Raw. And it was like they have this tag team that is just fun. No matter what's going on, they don't even have to win matches. No, it makes people happy and sells merch even if they lose all the fucking time. Yeah, what they did was they broke it up in a way that both of the both the guys looked really bad. And I mean, it's like Cass is like a seven foot tall dude. And you think that, oh, this guy should be champ, but this, he's just not ready. He's not even ready to be in a, like IC champ or whatever. Like they should have kept them together longer. Um, yeah, they should have. You know what I liked? I liked the uh, Mike Bennett and Maria Canales uh, uh, appearance at the pay-per-view. And I think they got more who chance than, uh, you know, a New Day spot. Was hilarious. Like nobody cared. Nobody knew who the fuck they were anymore. It's like, dude, Impact is not over with the WWE crowd. Everyone's like, who, who, who? Why, yeah, why like, they? yeah, it's why funny though because everyone marked out for AJ Styles, but he was in New Japan being awesome. You know what I mean? Like, and and honestly, look, Maria and Mike were some of the best regular wrestling shit. I would say outside of the weird Hardy shit. They were some of the best things in 
TNA Impact last year, pre-Owl. But wait, weren't they in New Japan the same time as AJ Styles too, though? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but they're not as well-traveled as AJ Styles. AJ Styles has been on the radar of being well, signed. And they weren't on three-second YouTube clips like AJ was. Like, the, the stuff that went viral over here wasn't them. AJ was going viral over here, just like... So what you're saying is they needed to break Yoshitatsu's neck and yeah. have to watch it a thousand times. Yeah. I, wish, I wish someone would break his neck again. Jesus Christ. Gee, wow, you're a mean son of a bitch. Um, I just want him yes. to announce again. I also, I, I believe it or not, I liked Lana's debut. Um, I just didn't like the finish of that match because, you know, Carmilla, yeah. after she won her Money in the Bank, came out and distracted. And it's like, it's stupid to me because Lana should have just had a credible showing. She didn't need the win. All people wanted to do was see that she could actually wrestle. She could run the ropes a little bit, that she knew a little bit of what she was doing. And then Naomi should get a clean win. Like the champion should not be having a completely credible match and needing a distraction to win against someone who has never wrestled a one-on-one -on -one match in the WWE. Like that shouldn't even be a thing. <laughs> like just make Lana look credible. Like, okay, now we know she can wrestle. Great. She was on pay-per-view. It's awesome. You can tease it all week long. Like we didn't, the, the, the run-in was stupid. I don't know. Um, Orton and Mahal. Boo. Decent match, but like Orton's just got no heat right now. Um, but whatever. I, I just I, wish me luck because I'm going to Raw in LA on Monday. I'll finally be back yeah. in Los Angeles. Oh, I'm going to Raw. Yeah. See if they'll shoot crowd shots of you like they do at NXT of me. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sitting in the premium box level. There, there's no there's no shots of me. I'm going to relax. They bring food to me. Um, I'm, I'm going there to enjoy myself, not to do work. I'll do work at a Lucha Underground show. I'll work for them because they have a product that I care about. I'm going to WWE to just kind of sit back and watch the spectacle and see what the fuck happens. See, I mean, Brock will probably be there, but like half the guys I even want to see are on SmackDown now, even though Raw is a better show. Like the talent themselves, I don't, I'm not really interested in. I'd rather go see Shinsuke and KO and, you know, that lineup over there. Um, except for the tag division. The tag division on SmackDown makes me want to kill myself in five various ways at the same time. They're not doing well with that. They, I mean, no, and I don't even like the new Usos gimmick, but there's something about it just isn't landing. I love the Usos. But nothing they're not I fucking hate the Usos. Always have. I love what they're doing now. I think they're <laughs> I think it's you know, it suits them. Um, okay, so let's move on from wrestling. Let's talk about a little MMA real quick. Um, first, and I probably should have done this at the top. If I sign off, I don't know MMA, and I have to wake up at six hours. All right, get out of here. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> night, get out of here, you sleepy fucking man, baby. Casey, you suck. No one likes you. Yeah, most people do. It's actually <laughs> kind of not true. <laughs> Just saying, Casey's over, man. Casey's totally over. Um, so I should have said this at the beginning of the program, and Byron, of course, rudely left in the middle of it. Um, I got to send my best wishes and thoughts and prayers out to Matt Hughes and his family. He was in a horrifying accident at a train crossing that didn't have a, uh, a bar at it, um, and he's in serious shape right now, seriously bad shape. Um, 
But Matt is a guy that I have known for quite a while. We worked with him on Tap Out, and then I worked with him on Ultimate Matt Hughes. And uh, I would actually consider him a friend. Like he he was always really really nice to me. Um, and the news hit me really hard. Like I didn't even talk about it in the DM. I couldn't. It was like I was working really hard, and then I heard about it. I was just like, this is so fucked up. Matt's always been a great dude. Um, you know, and my my favorite Matt story is you know. Matt would always try to wrestle around with me, which I always thought was hilarious. Like, dude, you're a world champion MMA fighter and a great wrestler. I'm a fucking hack. Why are you trying to fuck around with me? But he was just that kind of guy. He would always just like out of nowhere. Anytime we were working on something, he'd just grab me and throw me down. And the next thing you know, we'd be rolling. Um, but Matt decided to do this. We were going to see Forrest Griffin versus uh, Ace Franklin at UFC 126. Um, which was an amazing card, by the way. It was yeah. Jones versus Ryan Bader. We saw um, Anderson Silva do the the chin kick on Vitor Ward Belfort. It was oh. Cow- Cowboy Cerrone's debut in the UFC, and he was really awesome to me that day too. Uh, even after his fight, like I sat with him and Leonard Garcia for a few minutes, they were really awesome. Um, but so this is a huge event, and for me. The day before, uh, we went to the weigh-ins, and, and I got to meet Anderson Silva and John Jones and all these dudes, and it was really fucking awesome. We're at the weigh-ins backstage where they already had the octagon set up, and then on the other side of the wall is where they did the weigh-ins back then before 20,000 people used to come to them. There was maybe two or 3,000 people at this one. So then after that, we're doing some promo shooting for Matt's thing, and I'm standing in the octagon before UFC 126 with Matt Hughes, and Matt does his fucking thing. He trips me. And here we are. We're fucking grappling in the octagon. The octagon. You know, I'm looking up at Mask's name and everything. And I'm just like, this is fucking insane. And I'm trying so hard to keep Matt from rolling me, which I I actually did. I posted up enough that he actually couldn't roll me over. And he was kind of pissed. But I was wearing gear from filming. And I cut my thumb. And I cut it good. Like, it was gushing blood. And... <sighs> All of a sudden, I'm like squirting blood all over the octagon just from me and Matt Hughes fucking around before UFC 126. Dana White comes in, starts bitching Matt out like, what the fuck? Why is there fucking blood in the octagon? This is fucked up. Machida's coming in here to do a promo soon, and there's already fucking blood in the octagon. Matt, what the fuck are you doing? Like, Dana White... (laughs) Lights up Matt Hughes, and I'm like, oh my God, my whole career is over. This is the end of my life and whatnot. And then Matt was like, oh, fuck you, whatever. We're just messing around. We're having some fun. And it was totally fine after that. And Dana was like, fine, fine, whatever. Just, you know, do your thing. I got to go over here and do this interview. And um, sure enough, Machida came in later and did a promo because I think, I think he was still champ at the time because Bader Jones was like to see who was going to be the number one contender. Um, and it was when UFC 126 started, if you go back and watch it on pay-per-view, for the very first prelim, there is already blood in the ring, in the octagon, and it's actually mine from fucking around with Matt Hughes the day before, after the weigh-ins. Um, so, and, and Matt was great. Like, I was, I was standing next to him when he got the call from BJ Penn about, uh, you know, after they had fought, BJ had asked Matt to come train with them. Um, like it was literally there standing next to him watching BJ and Matt become friends. Just those kind of moments. So weird. So like 
my heart goes out to the family and and everything they're dealing with and it's just a fucking tragic fucked up situation because matt hughes is definitely one of the great ones uh-huh uh-huh god damn man yeah has he woken up yet like is there any updates honestly i i don't know i know that they had moved him to some other treatment center and i've kind of not been reading the news because it kind of uh-huh kind of hits home hard. Like I, I don't, I don't even want to see all the news until it says, yeah, Matt's fine. He's great. He, I mean, in just weeks ago, he was talking about maybe doing a comeback fight in Bellator, you oh, know, shit. you know, now that his UFC thing is done and like, they kind of got ousted from his, his, uh, UFC talent, uh, whatever position that he had, he was actually talking about coming back and fighting. Um, you know, and, and really seriously thinking about it and training again. And, and Matt's a guy who gets up and, he'll chop five cords of wood every morning with an ax himself out on the farm. I mean, he's still a farm boy. He still does that shit. Um, and he's still in great shape. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'll, I'll check some updates and whatnot, but I just hope that he does pull through the whole thing and, and that, you know, it, everything comes out. Okay. But uh, it was a pretty tragic accident. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bellator's this weekend. Well, I guess uh, let me finish with the UFC by saying Holly Holmes, head kick, Betch Cohea, awesome. God damn it. <laughs> I had that pick too. I actually called that. I got that one. I got that one right on the show last uh, time we did it, right? Yeah, I think I got all of my picks wrong last time. Yeah, I, I did much better this week. Um, even though I didn't even get to fully watch the, the, the fights, I had it on in the background and I worked that day and it was on at like five in the morning. So I, uh, I put it on the background when I got home later that night, but I didn't really, I didn't really pay a lot of attention to it other than to see that my picks did pretty good. Um, yeah, I this, woke up and I'm like, I, I missed it. Holy shit. I already saw results, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was spoiled for me at work um, on, on the way to work that day. It was actually already spoiled for me. <laughs> um, but anyway, look, it was a great head kick knockout. I'm glad that Holly is back on the horse. Um, I never really was a fan of Betch Cohea, as mean and, and tough as she is. She's just not my style of fighter that I like. Um, I really like Holly's style a little bit better, and I like people that can move in and out, and Betch Cohea has never been one of those. So, um, And I'm glad, I'm glad to see Holly back on the horse, and I think that there's a lot of interesting opportunities for her now, especially with uh, them stripping Jermaine Duran to me. I don't know if you heard about that or not, but – her refusal to fight Cyborg as the number one contender, citing that Cyborg was just, you know, a habitual juicer or whatever. And it's like, well, no, there's rules to protect you from that. And if you don't believe in those rules, then we're going to take your title because you're not fighting the number one contender. So I don't uh, know. She's kind of in the, the Mark Hunt category now, but at the same time, not so much because Mark Hunt, regardless of his complaints and his lawsuit or whatever, never fucking ducked any of those guys. You know, she's flat out ducking Cyborg at 145, a belt that was pretty much created for Cyborg. And it's like, look, if you're going to be in 145, the division was created for Cyborg. She's the one person you really don't get to duck. Like, it was her division. Whether you think she's juicing or not, like, you know, you come into UFC and you're fighting 145 and you have that belt. There's no fucking way you get out of fighting Chris Cyborg. That's not one of the options. Man, uh, at least they didn't kill her whole division. Uh, like, you know, they were threatening Mighty Mouse with. So. Well, dude, Mighty Mouse is just in a fucking awful predicament. And, and, and so is Jermaine Durand to me because this is the fastest they've stripped anyone 
in a long, long time since back in the days when dudes would win UFC belts, not be under contract and leave and go fight somewhere else. Those were the only people that were getting stripped this fast. I mean, you look at guys who have held up divisions for whole years and tried to pick money fights and this, that, and the other thing. The problem is there are no other fights for Jermaine Duran to me. That's it. That's a division of like four people. So, you know, she has to. But now you got Megan Anderson versus Cyborg for the belt. And, and that's great since Megan took uh, Cyborg's belt that she vacated in Invicta. So you basically have the two women who are currently Invicta 145 champions fighting for the UFC 145 championship. You know, Cyborg never lost it and Megan currently has it. So that's a great fight. Let them duke it out, take the belt. And if Jermaine Durandamy wants to stop pissing and moaning, then she can come back and fight whoever's got it after that fight. So we'll see. Um, the big fight news this weekend is not UFC, though. UFC does have a fight, but it's not the big one. The big pay-per-view this weekend is Bellator. It's a pay-per-view. you got Goldie back on commentary. You've got uh, Mauro Ronaldo on commentary this is amazing alone and then you've got meathead mitrione fighting fedor emilianenko great fight that could headline a pay-per-view itself but over that you've got chel sonnen versus vandalay silva the fight that people have been waiting for since uh ultimate fighter brazil 2 or whatever the fuck that was that never fucking happened um I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually going to buy a Bellator pay-per-view this week, and I can't even believe I'm saying that. God damn. That's, those are strong words, Justin. I'm yeah. actually buying a Bellator pay-per-view. And I'm going to watch the prelims, too, just to see how Goldie does in this new environment. Honestly, I'm watching the prelims to see how many times Goldie says Octagon or Joe. Oh. <laughs> oh I, <laughs> I mean, dude, it's like it's going to be a drinking game, I think. Like, anytime. Goldie says Octagon instead of Bellator Cage. Like, I think people should have to chug a whole beer. It's like that time me and Gene said, welcome back to Monday Night Raw instead of welcome back to Monday Night <laughs> Night Yeah, exactly. I mean, do you know how hard that's going to be for Goldie at this point? How, do, how long did he say that shit? 15 years or something? Uh, yeah, yeah. And he's calling something that's almost exactly the same. Just like me and Gene, it's like, oh, all the same guys are here. Like, all you know, how do you not do it? But Goldie did have a good point in that you know, as much as he's going someplace different, he's also coming back home because he's coming back to Spike where he really started to make his bones doing Ultimate Fighter finales and stuff like that and where people really, you know, him and Bruce Buffer, people always thought they were kind of a joke back then. But after the first Ultimate Fighter finale, it was like Bruce Buffer all of a sudden became as good as Michael Buffer. And all of a sudden, Goldie was the voice of MMA. You know, and Joe Rogan, too, is like, you know, so it is a little bit of a homecoming for him. I'm kind of excited. I'm also very excited that Mauro Ronaldo is calling not only Bellator now, but he's getting the Mayweather-McGregor fight. That's amazing. Um, really happy for those guys. Now, if we can just find a home for Chevello, everything will be great. And John Gooden, who's my other, uh, he's on the British announce team, but he's getting more UFC calls, too. He's a fucking great announcer. Hmm. Huh. I don't know, Justin. I feel like something's missing from this podcast, but it's something we could do in like two seconds. Face off? Yes. Yes. It was uh it was a very entertaining episode, and I will say I didn't take very good notes on it this week, 
But uh, no, I was into it when I was watching it, and I don't remember a whole lot. Damn, I should have taken notes. Um. So, well, let's explain the challenge at least. Um, it was basically insects, but you had to do a queen, a drone, and a worker, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So three makeups, um, you know, ethereal effects versus, uh, what are, what are they? The six, six or whatever. Uh, <laughs> That's the, it's the worst name ever, but there's five um, of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, now they still have six in their title. Wait, I have last week's notes here, so maybe I can find out what they were fucking called. Um, <laughs> this, this, this is the worst name ever too. Um, team ethereal effects. Oh, twisted six effects. Twisted six. Yeah. Oh, uh, so bad. So fucking awful, awful bad. Like ethereal, I understand. Uh, I, you know, I do got to say though, we did see some people really, really shine this week because ethereal kicked ass on this challenge. Uh, for the most part. Yeah. Um, well, the judges had stuff to shit on for both teams here. Yeah. So, but the 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 color scheme for Ethereal was they they were the ones that went with the all yellow, right? No, no, that was the other guys. Uh, that was Twisted Six or Ethereal, whatever. Ethereal had uh, had Faina use her color theory shit to unify the whole thing with like reds and tans and blacks. And it looked really good. Yeah. Faina definitely turned it out this week and she was the top look this week too, because of it. Right. Because she didn't even yeah. just make one good thing. She made her whole team look good. Something which I yeah, think man, these guys yeah. are missing out on. Like, like if you want to win this show this season with the divide and conquer principle or that or whatever they're using, I think it's going to be the people who don't just shine on their own, but figure out how to make the people around them look good too. Like they're looking for team leaders this year. Yeah. Another team had wasps and they went bright, bright ass yellow with very little black, uh, breaking it up. And it see like, you know, yellow and you could have worked some Browns in there and still look like a wasp, you know? Right, but now, uh, but now, hold on. Their team was also the one though that was uh, Suzanne or Susan and Nelson did the fucking um, the drag queen bee, right? Yeah, yeah. Which was that was the fuck up that they they didn't feminize it. They took the biggest buffest dude and made him the queen bee without giving any kind of femininity to it. And the only thing that saved them was finding making the makeup tie into the other one. So at least look like part of the team. Oh, no, wait, that was, uh, no, that was ethereal. Yeah. They, they did that. The other team just put out a bunch of lopsided yellow ass shit. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah. They, I, I think the wrong person went home this week, Justin. Well, cause Al went home, right? Yeah, and I thought that Jill should have gone home because she was the four person and And she, she was weak sauce, man. She was oh, super yeah. weak sauce. I mean, she's soft spoken in general, but she like to the point where she's saying that uh, you know, I think I'm the one that's gonna be going home because I didn't really lead this team well. Like she knew. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, I, it, it and just we said of, last week to watch out for Al because he's got some years in. Like he might not be as good with some of these youngsters, but Al had a lot of experience. Like he he knew what he was doing, but and given his execution this week wasn't great. But uh, I don't I know that he, he deserved was, to go home. You know when he talked about what he worked on before being like Men in Black one is one that like comes to mind right away. I thought he would have uh, he would have done a lot better this week, especially with all the bug-looking aliens in that movie. Yeah, but you know, maybe the problem with Al was kind of what I was saying too, is that like he's one of those makeup artists that's probably good as being a cog in a wheel, but he's not really there to do it himself. Right. So, and I think last week's also hurt him for this week. I think they just weren't seeing that that team leadership ability that they were expecting from a veteran like Al, and they were just like, let's just get him out of here now. Uh-huh. He's not the visionary. He's just kind of a cog in the wheel. So bye-bye, old Al. Uh, see you next time. You won't be on uh, Face Off All-Stars anytime soon <laughs> with a no. two-episode showing. Man, yeah. it's it, And he didn't have much to show for his time on TV either. Uh he had an egg and a puppet, and that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, because so. he also had to have an egg that hatched with a larva in it, and that's what he did for his team, and it didn't really go all that well. No, but I mean, it was like they were, both teams' larva things were kind of afterthoughts to me. Like, that was – I didn't even really like that being part of the challenge, even though I got it. I think they were expecting maybe somebody would do something really exciting to show out for that but it was bad hand puppetry stuff and honestly both teams in the uh everywhere below the elbows on both teams was pretty bad like you're just slapping gloves on it barely had chance to finish their armors i mean a lot of people were spending way too much time on their faces um their cowls were getting done in the appropriate amount of time but i think like there were so many missteps on both sides with the faces that a lot of the extra costuming that you, you see in like the all-star seasons and some of the other seasons that really pays off for people, they just didn't get to. I mean, fun, yeah. a lot of the neck seams were, were bad this week on, on good makeups. Shit, and then the winning team had one where the face pieces didn't even match up and they had to glue a bunch of shit on the forehead to, to have it connect to the cowl which is yeah which is a good save but at the same time you don't want to do it oh and one of the one of the makeups the hair came through so they had to paint extra black lines because dude's dreads came through the fucking uh bald cap like yeah there was some there was some big missteps that you really shouldn't be seeing at that level even with the speed involved and you know and i can't say that i could do it but i can criticize it all day long (laughs) exactly that that's what we're here for and uh also uh I do got to say that <laughs> these teams are really lopsided in terms of uh, what they can deliver so far. And now, as far as how many members are on the team, since, uh, you know, Twisted Six uh, just lost two people. Yeah, but this is going to be a survivor thing. This is drop your buffs week. They're going to have to mix the teams up. I, I think the being a reality producer myself, there's no way you let that six on four carnage happen um, because I think it, it, as much as it might be interesting to see the team just get decimated, I just don't think that that team can be exciting enough, even in fucking up with four people and being that bad at this point. 
I think they just they have to mix it up, at least move one member over from the other team and even the number out at five. Um, I don't think they can let it go another week. We'll see. Um, <laughs> they should just be like, if you're nice and go to the other team, we'll give you immunity this week. That's what they should do. But how do they even <laughs> do that? Because, I mean, it's such a manpower-based thing. It's like they were already at a disadvantage being five to six and, and obviously less talented than some of the talents on the other team. I just don't know that they can make interesting TV going into it another week. It would be so, so lopsided. And just time-wise, they'd either have to change the challenges to level it out time-wise for the team that has four, or they're just fucked. Right, but then the other right. team who has six, they're going to have so much more time to perfect their thing um, if they do it as a challenge that is built for four people. Like, I just don't, I don't see it working. Um, and maybe that's one of the reasons why they haven't done the setup like this in the past. But they're going to have to figure that out because uh, it's it's drop your buffs time, like on Survivor. They're going to have to even out the teams. They're just going to have to, or the challenges don't work. So we'll see. I mean, see. they could have worked. They could have worked it a little bit, but you know, I think there's already a preview up on the Sci-Fi Channel. Oh and- yeah, I don't. I don't watch those though, man. I don't because they they just completely manufactured the Westmore moments. Oh, dude. And I got to say, man, uh, Jillian pissed me off this week. <laughs> Why? Because when she got advice from Mr. Westmore and then she did her little like confessional interview, she called him Michael Westmore. She didn't call him Mr. Westmore. Show some fucking respect. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that's funny. You're a funny guy. <laughs> Show something. He's, he's Mr. Westmore. I didn't know his first fucking name for like three seasons, man. <laughs> well, who's that on? Uh, so, uh, but like everyone that talked about him is like Mr. Westmore, and then like even Mackenzie is like, "This is my dad, Mr. Westmore." I, I swear she's probably done that. I'm starting to like her more and more all the time. By the way, yeah, she's a lot better now than she was in the original seasons, but so is like the whole show. So I don't think it was something on her. I think it's just kind of the way they did things. Yeah. Um, wow. There's a whole lot of action in the chat room. I was just kind of going back and looking at it because Byron's not here. And, uh, I promise you, I won't get to any of your questions because guess what guys we're fucking done for tonight. (laughs) Yeah. So, so later, Later, guys. Whoever's still there, Andre. Uh, I think. I think. Paul's hey, we sold a shit ton of T-shirts last week. Um, I I don't even know who bought them all, but uh, we sold like four or five T-shirts. So if you bought a Mass Mats and Mayhem T-shirt, we appreciate you. Thank you very much. You can go to Teespring. Yeah. You can go to Amazon. I think there's a couple of our designs on there. Um, just search Mass Mats and Mayhem T-shirt or MMM Show T-shirt. That and comes if you up. don't want to buy one, you could go to hell. But uh, thank you for everyone who bought a shirt last week. You are definitely keeping us on the air. We don't put any of that money in our pockets. We put it right into hosting fees. Um, so, And if we build up enough money, maybe we could pay somebody an appearance fee to get a cool guest on here because we haven't paid a single one yet, even though Famous B still thinks we're going to pay him. It's not going to happen. We don't have the money. I mean, unless Byron wants to pay him. He's the fucking money, Mark. It ain't me. Um, but, hey, we got him over a little bit. There was a lot of people that listened to that episode, though officially, I think, I think the Thunder Rosa episode is now bigger than the EVW dropping real lucha news episode. 
I think it finally eclipsed that. I want to personally thank Thunder Rosa for making the episode that I'm not on the highest rated episode of the show. Oh shit! You're not even on that one. You're not on our highest rated episode, Case. How the no, fuck I wasn't. That I wasn't home that day. I was at That's work right. or something. You guys filmed it on a weird day. Well, yeah. The crazy thing about that episode is we actually did two that week, and it only had one day run before we ran another episode that I believe also had an interview. And so, I was on that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that Marty? I mean, that was that was our biggest week ever where we had two back to back days with episodes with guests and they were both like, you know, a lot of hits. Um, but whatever. You know, we can't have guests all the time, but uh, we, we, I've got a couple more in the works. And after I get back to L.A., maybe uh, once we're on a regular schedule or I can accommodate some other people's schedules, I'll do that because. Man, I've been working 13, 14 hour days finishing up this show for uh, Discovery Channel, and it's going to be awesome. Saw some footage. Everyone's liking it. Can't wait for you guys to see it. It's going to be interesting. Thanks. I think it's going to be one of the best looking shows on Discovery Motor Mondays in a long time. I think we've done an outstanding job of that. And the main talent on this show, this guy, Nate, um, I think people are going to be impressed with him. He's like Aaron Kaufman um from fast and loud except better and and i'm not afraid to say that because so really so what's that is case? he better than lloyd is he is he better than lloyd kaufman <laughs> no not at all <laughs> he's better he's better than a lot he's better than most guys out there and he's really natural and he really loves what he's doing and it really just helps sell it like i'm sure byron can tell you like having good talent for a show makes all the difference and then having the camera department that we have like byron has to shoot his half his show himself so of course it looks like shit i however have some of the the best cam ops that i've worked with in a long time and a great producing staff and you know i'm getting lucky so um and i'll be out of here in a couple days which means i'll be back in la um and we'll do some more mmm show at some regular time so i'm out of here for the lucha gringo for at Byron Fever, who you can find on Venmo and send him money to be our money mark. I'm the outlaw, L.A. Red, and until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix. Stay in the mix.